Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's up, everybody, and welcome to a officially a live, a live edition. Holy shit. Took forever to get this done. But we are actually live. Like right now. It's happening right now. Raw's happening right now. We got AEW blood and guts and TNT title to talk about. We got a lot of stuff that's been happening. And of course, hey, guess who got back to work this weekend? Ultimate Championship Wrestling. Whew. It's a lot to talk about. Exhausting, busy, busy weekend, but Let's get right down to it. Brian Taylor, what's going on, buddy? What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm Stan Grove, of course. Rob will be here shortly. He is just getting some things together. Uh, Hey, why don't we just start with the weekend, man? Uh, How good did it feel for you to get back into the swing of things with UCW? Um, I mean, it felt great. It's been... Two years, two mm-hmm. and a half. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, maybe a little bit longer. It's been, it felt like an eternity. Like we just wanted to and tried to get back into things and get things going. Um, and that's one of those situations where it, it feels like the the state puts us in a situation where we're trying to get um, – everything together get everybody organized and properly set up we're trying to coordinate with everything that's available and and what what is all the logistics i guess is the best way to say it um but we finally got everything moving and of course eh, no show comes without some challenge comes without some uh some mixture of creative finagling so to speak uh I felt like, I don't know. I felt like we uh, we got back into the swing and got things moving the right way pretty quickly, actually. Mm, well, definitely, uh, for having that time off, uh, uh, seemed to have worked out quite nice as far mm-hmm. as getting things up and running faster. Yep. yep. So we didn't we didn't miss a beat there. What uh, what were the things that? Because I know I know I had some some reservations just about how things were going to go. But were there things that maybe concerned you before we got started on Saturday? Because you you were there a lot earlier than me, and I'm grateful for that. Because if it wasn't for you and Rob, um, <laughs> would have been a lot to do. But uh, I get there, and you guys had already had a lot a lot done. What were your kind of your thoughts before we even got into the venue? Um, what do you mean for me personally? Yeah, yeah. I mean, were there any kind of hesitations or worries that you had? I mean, no. there's the obvious BS that I think we handled really well. 
Um, and I don't think we really need to go down that road, but I was just talking more along the lines of, you know, the other stuff. No, no, I wasn't worried. I got faith. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's the first time. Um, so yeah, so I had faith in, in everything that was going on. How wiped out were you when you got home? Oh, I hurt. That's for sure. <laughs> my ankles, my back. Um, and I mean, hey, it's small potatoes compared to, you know, you know who I think had to have been the most sore? Sickened. That backbreaker he took from Shane Malice was redonkulous. And he took it twice. Oh, I, mi- I must have missed one of them. There's a double underhook into like a, it almost looked like a shoulder breaker, but it was right at the middle of the spine. It's like, jeez. And it just, it leveled him. Um, you know, it's uh, the match itself. It's already being talked about on Reddit. Search up UCW resurgence right now on Google and you'll find it right away. There's clips circulating the web guys. You get a chance to get a sneak peek from some fans. We had a great crowd. Um, the Strasburg, Virginia site there was uh, the signal knob. <laughs> signal knob. Thank you. Signal knob rec center. And there's Rob. Hey, Rob, what's going on, buddy? What's happening? What's happening, man? You sound great. Everybody hearing everybody okay? We're live here, so we're all kind of fiddling with stuff, but uh, everybody sound okay so far? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Sitting here. So- What's that? I'm taking in my free Slurpee from Slurpee Day. Oh, that's right. It is Slurpee Day. Dang. So, Rob, I asked Brian, I'll ask you the same question. Were there any kind of concerns or reservations you had before we got started on Saturday, before we even got into the venue? Any worries that you had? No. No? Okay. I mean, I was nervous because it was something I hadn't done before. And it'd been a while since we'd done anything, but I mean, it was just kind of, it was interesting to see if the chemistry was going to be there or not. Mm-hmm. And to me, right off the bat, as soon as, as soon as the guys started coming in and we saw Dave, you know, like, you know, it's like, as soon as we saw the guys, it was like, all right, we're about, we're home. It's time to do this. Yep. Yep. It was, it was really, really, um, it wasn't actually hot, but it was like humid in there. Like the, I didn't feel like the temperature was ridiculous, but it was, we were, everybody was sweating like crazy. Dude, it was, it was, it was nasty. (laughs) Once they turned the fans off. Yeah. I mean, for someone like you, who's in a t-shirt and shorts, you know, I was in t-shirt and jeans, but it was nasty. Yeah. I was in a suit with a tie and a coat. Yeah. How'd it feel, man, standing in the ring there doing the uh, doing the announcing? It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really something that I'd love to do again. Um, especially since, you know, as the night went on, I remembered more and more of what I should have said at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, it took yeah. me till the main event to be like, it's scheduled for one fall. When the crowd was like one fall, we had an awesome crowd in attendance. Um, when we first started 
getting things ready to open the door. It was like, I don't know, 20 minutes to go. And just seeing people file in and then the line just seemed like it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I was like, this and is so seat. cool. Yeah, that was awesome. It was a cool sight to see. It's like, okay, get more seats down, put more seats down. Like, that's so cool. But to the old man who sat in the seat he wasn't supposed to sit in and then griped when he told he wasn't supposed to sit there and they gave him a front row seat. I saw how you played that and I'll be a wise next time you show up. <laughs> I liked that uh, you weren't afraid, by the way, to call people out from the ring. <laughs> it was it, that was pretty cool. You you were you were strategic with what you said, but you were definitely letting them know that you recognize where they were. I see you. Mm -hmm. I see your tomfoolery. Let's see. Uh, high level highlights. Uh, what about the kid in the front row who is extremely vocal all night long? Uh, who ultimately uh, got a little bit of a cool off period. I mean... I don't know. Brian may be different. I think it's cool when people do that. But there's also a line. And when you're doing it all match, every match, you know, it's like, oh. I think what what we got a chance to to participate with and to, and to experience with the fans that were in attendance um, was a high energy level. Uh audience was interactive and engaged with the show the entire time it was so much fun getting things moving getting things going um and then just the tempo of of the night was great um and and realistically speaking it felt like i don't know i just it had a it had a, a higher vibe to it than maybe shows past outside of dinwiddie which i still think is one of our our best ones. It just felt still, still that after show buzz, you know, it's been, it's been two days, but I still got that after show buzz going on. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I got talked to Brian on the way home. It was fun. We were on that high. We were talking about it. And so we'll see what the future holds. Mm-hmm. Scheduled to be back at the Signal Knob Rec Center at October 8th for another edition of Ultimate Championship Wrestling. I would assume that it's just going to be Defiance coming back, but uh, it was a nice nice special event under the, under the guise of Resurgence. Yeah. So. What was that? I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. Ma'am, I like it. <clears throat> I wish I'd have picked a different date, but <laughs> I will work it out. So let's see here. Um, I mean, there's lots and lots to talk about. We're, we're back live. It feels good to be back in there. Now, a little insight here. Rob, when you, when you tapped on the link there, did it take you directly to the show? <laughs> Or did yeah. you have to do kind of like circumvent how to kind of how Brian did? Well, if you go into the pot at the app itself, uh -huh. then you have to kind of it's cattywampus because then it comes up to there's two C2C radio shows on there. 
Yeah. Um, but then if you just click the link, it brings you right in. Okay. Um, and I will download a profile picture because you all don't have one of me, and I'm just a green head. <laughs> a green talking head. Rob Hefner is here for us. Uh, okay, so UCW, we're going to talk about a lot of it. We're going to go over it. We'll be laying down, laying down the commentary for it here in the next week. Um, it was about how long did the show go? About an hour and a half? Two. Two hours. Did we get to two full hours? Yep. Nice. Nice. Right now, uh, Monday Night Raw is on. Um, for those that are watching, it's the Mysterios against, uh, what are they called? Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Um, Finn Balor and... No, oh, it's just Finn Balor against Rey Mysterio. That's what I get for paying attention. <clears throat> well, let's see here. Um, why don't we go ahead and talk about uh, Blood and Guts? We'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the some of the carnage that took place. Talk about the TNT title match. And as we get ready to head into this coming week, we've got Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen coming up, where Wardlow and Orange Cassidy will be going one-on-one for the TNT title. Um, let's start with the TNT title, guys. The street fight that happened just this past Wednesday. Really, to me, it felt like, uh, I honestly, it was really quick to take the belt off of Scorpio, uh, Scorpio Sky. I was, I mean, I guess I expected it for Wardlow, but at the same time, uh, Scorpio Sky hadn't really had an opportunity to truly blossom as champion. And I think, I don't know if you'll agree, Brian, but maybe that's a, a, a product of him being associated with America's top team. Mm, why would that be a product? I'm just curious. Well, I feel like it just didn't give him an opportunity to really do, show what he can do. He had they put him in a position where he's got to rely on, you know, Dan Lambert to talk for him. We all know Scorpio Sky can talk just fine. Um, there wasn't a lot of, at least I didn't think there was a lot of buy-in from from that perspective. I felt like there was more more heat with Ethan Page. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was okay. I think what you're going to see... Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it served its purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, me personally, I didn't... It was, it was a storyline. Mm-hmm. So... I don't, uh, I'm not quite like your questions, just a little, it's baffling to me. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't, I can't quite wrap my head around your, your question. Why is that? I don't know. I mean, to me, it was, it's a storyline that served its purpose. Okay. So you felt like it just kind of jived exactly how it should have then, is really what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, they, okay. the AEW. I mean, I don't think this was like a fly-by-night. I think this was the natural progression anyway. No, that's a, that's a good point. I, I don't necessarily want to say that it's just fly-by-night. I guess what I felt like is it just kind of was – it felt 
maybe it did kind of feel fly by night at first. I don't know. I'm not trying to backpedal, but I can definitely see what you're saying. It, the play out or the payoff there was ultimately to get Wardlow into the position as champion. And, and it served right. that purpose. So you're right. It did serve that purpose. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, maybe you're thinking it could have been higher profile, could have been more on, you know, meant something mm-hmm. more. I don't, I don't know. But, I mean, to me, the purpose was always to get it on Wardlow. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's something that's been in the works for months. and Because yeah. they do do a good job of that. Yeah, and they stick to it. They don't just yeah. give up. Right. Well, and I think that <clears throat> you're looking at Scorpio Sky and you're saying, well, he just got the title back, you know, for them to drop it so soon. I mean, it's kind of the trend for the TNT title. The TNT title is developed, designed to, you know, kind of develop that next tier or see where they're going. You know what I mean? Um, and I kind of feel like Scorpio Sky is the new guy, you know, yeah. because you built Miro up, right? So then you can't just turn around and keep having Miro lose the TNT title because mm-hmm. then you can't bill him as an unbeatable ass kicker. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and well, Cody's not there anymore to give it to. You know, um, and so Scorpio Sky is that guy that I'm not saying he can afford to lose. It's just his character can bounce back. That's his character, you know, mm-hmm. gets the belt, keeps it for a little while, loses it. Then he will come back and he'll fight again and, and get the belt, you know, because um, I think that's what they're kind of building him up to be, not. You know, I don't really see him at this point being like on like the main event stage. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he could be the guy who kind of helps develop that TNT title for a little while. Well, I feel like with with Miro, the way he's been built, his his next logical step is House of Black. He's going to be feuding with them. Um, and it's it's going to be cool to watch because it won't be just Miro running through them. He's going to have three solid matches. Him against uh, Buddy. Him against Brody King. And then him against, ultimately, Malachi Black. That is going to be... I mean, that feud should take us to All Out. And maybe even further. Right. So, I mean, that'll be good. Now, following that, we get uh, a look at a brand new Luchasaurus. Now, we talked about it last week in our uh, in our pre-record. Luchasaurus comes back with Christian after Christian says, "Remember what they did to Marco?" Which Marco, Polo. by the way, what's up? Nothing. I said Polo. Oh, <laughs> so Marco. Marco is uh, on Twitter saying that he thought actually that the re- reference to him was kind of lame. Uh, but at the same time, this resonates with Luchasaurus. He stops choking Christian in the corner. They go to the back. Christian, of course, has that devious smile on his face that you know he's ready to ready to turn this into, into something to his benefit. So they hit the music, and out comes Luchasaurus, the dark Luchasaurus. 
<laughs> which is his new music has kind of a cane kind of feel and then goes into his his normal Jurassic Express kind of look or normal Luchasaurus music rather. Um, and they proceed to, well, first off, they, they come out there, intimidate everybody around them. And then we get a look at Matt Hardy coming down to confront Christian. Matt Hardy goes after Christian for how he attacked Jungle Boy. Talks about just about how much of an asshole that Christian is. Can't believe that, you know, he would manipulate his way. And that's where we get a look at what Luchasaurus is capable of as he choke slams Matt Hardy through the ring announcer's table. And just, wow. Um, we're probably coming up on broken Matt Hardy once again as now he's on his own again and he's forced to find a way to survive. If only brother Nero would be there to help you. Well, you know, I mean, Hey, nothing says that, that Jeff can't get things in order and come back. I think that's what we'll ultimately see as long as things go the way that they hope for. Um, but it's, it's, it's an opportunity here for us to see, you know, a lot of good, potential matchups and now luchasaurus is the guy and i mean who would have guessed who would have thought that luchasaurus would be the main bad guy no he's not a main bad guy he's only been bad two weeks well by main i'm not talking main event so what I'm saying here is just the focal point of this feud is it, it's Christian, but Luchasaurus is the one that went heel, and, and we all really had it pegged for, for Jungle Boy, I think. You forget, Brian. Stan's attention span is like 10-second Tom. Hi, I'm Tom. <laughs> Luchasaurus is bad. Luchasaurus is bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Luchasaurus is the bad guy. <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. What's How many of those cool? sounds do you have? Oh, I've got a bunch. I've got a bunch that I can mess with. The cool sounds, and he used it on that. Can I do sounds, too? Uh, you know what? I believe you guys have access to that panel. If you look at the audio effects. You should be able to tap which one. Uh, there's one, two, three. There's 12 of them. Oh, excuse me. There's 16. My bad. What button do I push? So, for example, with that joke, I'm pretty sure you guys hated it. So just tap on the icon. Where do I find those icons? Mm, you'll have to send me a screenshot of what your uh, what your dashboard looks like for me to actually see that. Because I don't, I don't. I'm working from the website. You guys are working from the app, I assume. <laughs> I'm on the website. What the hell are you all doing? Well, hey, it it sounds just as good from one to the other. So I don't care what you access it with, as long as it works. So is Kashida coming to Impact? Yes, Kushida is scheduled to work Impact's tapings. Oh, oh. Um, let me see the time on that, because I believe it's ended July. Impact. All these guys, all these guys and gals that WWE couldn't figure out what the hell to do with, uh, guess what? <laughs> Everybody else that's uh, surrounding us in the world of professional wrestling says, oh, yeah, we'll take them. We got something for them to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Kushida scheduled to take on Rich Swan this Friday at the Derby City Rumble. Excuse me, television tapings. That is Impact on July 15th, this Friday. Nice. That's going to be a great match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you figure Chris Bay, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other ones involved. Um, he'll fit in quite nice. And they'll know what to do with him. Yes, yes, exactly. They won't mess around, try to reinvent the wheel. They'll just say, hey, go be Kushida. Well, like, what a novel freaking concept. I don't even know if WWE tried to reinvent the wheel. I just don't know if they tried anything. Hmm. They were too busy. Might have been. Yeah, I mean, you don't nest, you don't even need to reinvent the wheel with him. Just send him out there. And his little orange vest. Yeah, and his Back to the Future thing. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Let, let him go. He, I mean, he's, he, he's known all over the world. That should have been easy for them. Well, the problem was... <clears throat> They threw him into that 205 live bracket, and mm-hmm. I truly believe at one point 205 live was the. You know how when you have multiple, you know, you're watching multiple people, right? Mm-hmm. And you got your eyes on one, you know where the other one is, and you're like, oh, shit. What would he have on the other one? So, like, everybody WWE's watching WWE, and then Triple H is on in, or NXT. And then one day they realize, shit, no one's done anything with 205 Live. Yeah, and I mean, then, yeah. they just they got overzealous. They just didn't know what the hell to do. Wasn't overzealous. They were just trying to make themselves look better for the uh, shareholders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, you know, you mentioned they had to save money somewhere. Four more. Four more people have come forward. The investigation continues on Vince McMahon and breaking today from Fightful Select, uh, Fightful.com. Another law firm has stepped in and is investigating the McMahon situation as well. This rabbit hole is just going to keep getting deeper. Well, as I'm saying, I'm sorry it happened, Mm -hmm. but at least for us wrestling fans, maybe it'll force the hand that no other way it was going to be forced. Yeah, I mean, the the reality is, if he gets um, if he gets voted out, let's say they do the the vote of no confidence, um, essentially that removes him from any kind of activity within the company. He's right now not even backstage at Raw. He is uh, supposedly he's on a trip trying to connect with John Cena while he gets ready to film another season of The Peacemaker. Wow. I don't know why John Cena or HBO would let him anywhere near. Hmm. Unless he unless he were to have like a guest role. Um, You know, I wonder if maybe Vince has a... You know, for a while he had like executive producer rights to certain films. Like, especially with WWE films. But I wonder if in the contract that he has with John that he gets producer rights. Why would Warner Brothers give a competitor rights? 
<clears throat> I have no idea. Maybe he's playing the sex-craved hitman that gets taken out by a studded dildo or something. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Here's to hoping that that, uh, that never comes out. <clears throat> Good Lord. But, I mean, because <clears throat> I was told that I was under the impression that he was relieved of all, like, like he wasn't doing any CEO board work, company right, work. Doing creative. But he was still doing creative. So, but I mean, you got to think, nothing's going to change creative wise until he's like gone, gone. Yeah. Um, I think that it's uh, kind of like Punk said until, until he's dead, most likely, which is sad. Um, there probably won't be any major change. Well, I think once once he's forced out of the company, and this is sad to say, but I think that company is his life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if he's once he's bumped out of that company, then you know, yeah, because that's all he's living for right now. I hadn't his kids are grown and don't like him. His wife's moved out. You know, <laughs> right, right. And they just sold they just sold their uh, big property in Connecticut. So, so still kind of looking at the aftermath of Blood and Guts, we know that uh, the winner of Blood and Guts was the Blackpool Combat Club. We had uh, Claudio. We had uh, a stare down between Claudio and Jake Hager this past week. Uh, Hager taped up. Claudio talking about that he's the guy that had his had his arm raised, and they, they keep that story moving forward. Uh, but the the talk of it really is going to be what happens next with Claudio. We, we get this matchup between him and Hager. I, I don't see that as a, a great match. Could be good. Could give give Hager a chance to really shine. We really haven't seen a lot of singles action for Jake Hager. Well, maybe, what, five? Five matches, maybe? Maybe, maybe yeah. I mean, it's not been very many in the span of the three years he's been with the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why, but that's, that's not a lot. No, no, and he and this could this should be a situation that gives him an opportunity to really to really show what he has. I mean, because if there's a guy that can help bring out the best of him, it's got to be Claudia. Claudio. Claudio getting some cardio. So we've got uh, Swerve in our glory. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland beating the Butcher in the Blade. The Blade. Let's try to say that a little better. Um, you know, it was what it was, but we get the, the furthering of the storyline after the fact where Lee and Star- Swerve Strickland win the matchup. And they start to promote for, hey, we want we want an opportunity at the title. But Team Taz comes out and says they're getting tired of, of having them come out there. And Ricky Stark says, what you have in front of you are true grown-ass men, you trick-ass bitch. Ricky Starks is legendary on the mic. Just never change, Ricky. Never. Well, Hobbs didn't do too bad either, though. 
No, no, and he's done nothing but benefit from his pairing with with Starks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, I've always liked Hobbs since first time I laid eyes on him, but mm -hmm. uh, Ricky's definitely teaching him a little bit of something. Yeah, there's there's a very unique kind of approach that they have, and and the the cadence that Ricky Stark speaks in is great. He knows his timing. He knows how to reach people and get their reaction. And Hobbs is Hobbs is feeding off of that and feeding off of it well. And the Bucks come out and they basically make it that hey, you know we're the best. No one's gonna beat us. And so let's go let's go triple threat. So this coming week. We've got Swerve in Our Glory versus Team Taz versus the Young Bucks for the AEW titles. The crowd, though, they wanted another team. They wanted one more. They were absolutely on fire for FTR with the chance. But, uh, you know, the Bucks say that uh, we're better than those guys, and you know that. Clearly building for, well, we've got All Out coming up, and that's going to be most likely where we see the Bucks and FTR that will be three, right? Bucks versus FTR three. I believe so, yes. And before we get to that, Brian, we get a barn burner on the 23rd. Absolutely can't wait for this matchup. The Briscoes and FTR, it's a rematch for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. This match is going to be amazing. I don't want to think about it. You don't want to think about it? Uh -uh. Why? Did you watch the first one? I did. So how does the second live up to the first one? Oh, well, that's that's a great question. I don't know that anything could. But hey, maybe they find a way to make it just as good by doing it differently. Not sure how exactly, but maybe. Hmm. Uh, you can't. You can't. I don't. I don't see how you can. A once in a lifetime match. And now I gotta hope the second lives up to the first. One. Well, if there's two teams that can pull it off, I think they they've got the right pairing. Um, no, because what happens if they do pull it off? You have seen without a doubt the greatest tag team match of all times. And then never get and to then see then how are you going to see <laughs> What a great problem to have, though. Yeah, literally, I still have that Ring of Honor pay-per-view on my DVR. Oh, you can't delete that. That's history. Right. <laughs> it's it's sitting there. You got to literally film that from your phone. Uh, I'm not encouraging you to steal, but I'm just saying you got to save that. You got to keep it for uh, posterity's sake. Yeah, I mean, but it's sitting there, and now I got to... I got to put a second one. If the second one's better than the first, then I might have to make a decision one day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe coming up on that same pay-per-view. That matchup is going to be great. Um, we've got Wheeler Yuta, who's going to be defending the pure title. We've got Jonathan Gresham, who this past Friday, Brian, did you see Moriarty and Gresham against Tully Blanchard Enterprises? Mm -hmm. Man, <laughs> That turn I did not see coming. I was I, I liked it. I enjoyed it so much because it was just very simple. It was just 
he wasn't there, wasn't there for whatever reason, just random occurrences keep Gresham from being able to tag in. And then the, this very simple turning of his back. But man, the impact, the crowd felt it when he turned his back. Um, I don't know. I think when he walked, he walked down the, the first time before he turned his back, he kind of like walked down the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think everybody knew then Gresham was a dirty, dirty rascal. <laughs> what do you think of uh, Jordan Grace saying that Chris Benoit couldn't have uh, thrived in today's wrestling business because he would have forgotten things before his matches? Um, so let's remember that they were a different time, right? Definitely. And they would have known going into it what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't ever seem to recall hearing an issue of him not knowing or forgetting what he was supposed to do. And he probably would have been able to call her on the fly a lot faster than some of these guys now. Right. I mean, knowing what we know now, seeing what we've seen, I mean, Benoit and Omega could have very easily been a great matchup. Um, There's a lot of people he'd have been able to work with really, really well. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. There's not one matchup for Benoit that I can think of where there was like some major botch where he was lost or, or he didn't know where to well, be other, or anything like that. Other than the Cripper one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I mean, the, the whole suplexing of Sabu onto his head. That was, yeah. All right. that yeah, You win. <laughs> you win the day. That's a good point. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's a freak accident, right? He, he didn't do that on purpose, did he? No. But, you know, again, though, I, I don't recall hearing him, anybody ever say you know, that he forgot in the ring. Yeah. I mean, I think it was probably just some stupid attempt to be relevant in the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's even come out and said that, you know, what she said was tasteless and had no place. And <clears throat> she's already reached out to like, um, she's already talked to Chavo and Jericho and, mm-hmm. And to Chris Benoit's son about what she said and that, you know, she realized after she said it that it really had no place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, to me, that's just, I think Brian saying, you know, trying to, she got caught up in the moment, said something, mm-hmm. and there's no basis, there's no substance. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like coming out and saying, you know, oh, well, if so-and-so played this sport today, they would be no way they could do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the context of things, you know, it's when when you get in the LeBron and Michael Jordan argument. You know, well, there's no substance to it, <laughs> you know, like it's different genres, it's different times, so. Yes, Benoit had his issues, but, you know, his issues weren't actually very relevant. I don't think they weren't very prevalent until the end, you know, Mm -hmm. when he was taking more of a backseat and not being as active, you know. Right. 
Well, I mean, the other thing too is, and this is the this is the part she really has to, you know, stop making stupid comments like that about. In his time, he was considered one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. He would have been counted among the best. Right. Like in pure technical, right? He was considered one of the best. Right. And, and no he... offense to her, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, literally, he would have been probably top five, if not if not higher. Right. If I... he had, if it hadn't ended the way it did, mm-hmm. people would have had a whole different conversation with about Chris Benoit. Yes. You know, and that's the thing. Like it, you, you take his career. You take out the end. You take his career and put it up against anybody. What he accomplished in the time that he was there, there, he broke the barrier. He and Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho broke the barrier of the mid-sized guys in the land of the Giants. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, but like you said, there's always going to be that asterisk. But. It's just, I hate when people that can't even, they're not on that level, they try to be on that level or compare people on that level. You know, it's like me coming into UCW, you know, ring announcing one time and then talking about, well, you know, Justin Roberts is okay, but, you know. He's no Rob Hefner. (laughs) Right, like. I have no grounds to talk about anybody. Who did Justin you know? Roberts ever beat? Right. When's the last time he was in Strasburg and <laughs> rocked it? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Never seen him play the Signal Knob Rec Center. But it's that it's that kind of thing, you know? It's like you can't you can't compare and yeah. I would never sit here and be judge and jury on like we say our opinion on people but we always say it's our opinion right, exactly you know like i've said my opinion on coco beware and the hall of fame it's now a joke you know what i mean it is the running gag you know what i mean it's just it is what it is he's in the hall of fame i'm not <laughs> yeah. yeah and i think i think there's a lot of of a weight behind the argument that, Hey, had things not happened the way it did with Benoit at the end of his, his career and his life, Benoit certainly would have gone into the hall of fame as soon as he retired. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. He'd have been champion a few more times and he'd have gone in the hall of fame. Yeah, I agree. No questions. I agree. But unfortunately for his legacy, you can never, say the name or talk about him without one, like we said, the asterisk or bring it up, you know, because mm-hmm. think about it in this conversation we've had about him. How many times have we said asterisk or the end, you know, or whatever, you know, like, so did, did Carmella just become women's champion for raw? Oh, 
Oh, dear God. You're going to make me turn no, that no, on. No, no, no. Don't turn it on. I'm just asking. That. <laughs> no. I got dynamite on from last week. Better, better, better than that than raw. This is dynamite. Scorpio Sky has the title. Spoiler alert. Oh, he ain't got it for long. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that match was a blink of an eye for me, by the way. Go ahead, Ryan. Who who was Carmella wrestling? Uh, Bianca Belair. No. Did she? So, it's weird. I don't have the audio on. The only reason I have it on is because we're live and it's live. Um, I Becky Lynch got involved with the finish somehow. Um, and then one second happens and I see that Carmella is standing in the middle of the ring holding the belt. Let me flip over to where here. Hold on. I'm going to go to my DVR now. Okay, so it looks like what they're going to do is... All right, so it must have been like a DQ or something like that, and Carmella was trying to claim that she's the champ. Okay, my bad. Oh, Sorry okay. about that, guys. Oh. Um, but it looks like they're going into SummerSlam for a stupid triple threat there. That's that's. But stupid. I mean, but stupid. since we are talking about uh, WWE yeah. and female champions, let's take a second to note that while Natty. Took Liv's finisher and laid for the pin. Oh, yeah. She immediately popped right up, said something to her, and walked right out. Yeah, there. this happened over the weekend uh, at one of the WWE house shows. Um, don't know the context behind it. I don't know exactly what happened between her and Natty. But Liv Morgan hits the, uh, like you said, her finish. Hits the three, and then <laughs> Natty sits up, points to her, says some choice words, and... Rolls out of the ring, almost like a uh, Austin Aries kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like very quick. It's it's wild to me to think that they would go that direction uh, on any kind of plan. So this had to have been something where she's just like something had to happen there in the midst of things where. Maybe there was a receipt coming, or I don't know. But damn, never seen Natalia do anything like that. So completely out of character. Or maybe she's just like tired of the bullshit. Could be. I mean, if there's a person that has worked her ass off to try to do be the company girl kind of thing or the company woman, uh, I think Natalia's tried to do that. Did Raw just? Did Raw just? Pull off a UCW Shane Malice angle with Brock Lesnar. Uh, Brock Lesnar come down there and be like, "I'm not leaving until I get Roman Reigns." No, no, but he got interrupted. Okay. He got interrupted by Heyman at the beginning. Um, they wasted a good, yeah, a good 15, 20 minutes with that promo. Okay. Uh, and then we get to since we're on the topic of it, um, perhaps the worst Money in the Bank winner period since that match was conceptualized in theory <laughs> oh you were saying his name sorry i thought you said in theory he was the worst <laughs> no but it works on both ways <laughs> why do you think it's the worst he's horrible he's not he's not enjoyable he's not entertaining i don't think that even his in ring work is is all that good 
You see, you see mm. Theory. Can you see him beating Roman Reigns? I can't see him beating anybody. But that's why they gave him the way out. They gave him money in the bank. To have somebody do the work for him and then to cash in. Right, right. Kind of similar to Seth Rollins. But at least with Seth Rollins, it gave us a feel of, well, Seth's pretty damn good. <laughs> we know he's pretty damn good. So there was some reason to believe that. Um, listen, if that's how you're going to, if that's the only way you can get him to that world title, you got to get him to that world title. Yeah. I feel like it's a huge mistake if they don't let his cash in be successful. Well, I mean, again, he's he's handpicked. Right? Oh yeah. Eventually, you got to get one of these handpicked people to get over. With theory winning money in the bank after looking at all, an entire field of people that would have made better sense. I mean, obviously Cody's not going to win that. He's not there, right? He's hurt. You got Seth, which would have made sense. You've got Riddle, which would have made sense. But it's theory they decide to go with. But maybe you're right. Maybe because it's the hand-picked guy, because he's the most unlikely winner, that's where they feel that it's going to get the most money. No, I mean, again, you, you, your whole program with him has been Vince's little hand-picked puppet. Mm-hmm. So again, what better way to put the world title on him than to give him an opportunity not to have to wrestle for it? Give him money in the bank. Brock can you know f5 roman after the match theory runs out calls for the bell one two three mm-hmm. crowd hates it roman goes away for a while it's it's, it's beautiful what you did not just say that it's beautiful, beautiful. i did say oh that. my god that hurts my heart. Why would you say that? I mean, in typical WWE booking, it's absolutely perfect. Wow. Well, you got the typical WWE booking part right. I, I don't know about yeah. the beautiful part, but but you got the typical part right. Yeah, because then Roman goes away, comes back six months later. Oh, look. It's Roman. Roman Reigns yeah. is the <laughs> only guy that can beat Austin Theory. Roman's a heat, uh, face again. Everybody loves them. Yada, yada, yada. Yay. So who does Austin Creed beat? In, who does Austin Theory beat Creed. in the meantime? <laughs> no. Who does he beat in the meantime? Well, I mean, he's the... Madcap Moss. Right, right. He's... Why not? Baron Corbin. Why not? Mi- Kevin Owens. Sammy Zayn, right on down yeah. the line. I mean, those guys deserve title shots too. By God, they're superstars. <laughs> the sarcasm is dripping from your comments. By God. <laughs> it's 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 painful to see that Champa is paired with Miz, by the way. 
In the in the land of the WWE, anything can happen. That's so sad, but it's yeah. Sad. I know. Here, can you see him now saying, "Hey, what's that guy? Oh, Gable, we're gonna give you a main event push." What? Mm -hmm. I am. <laughs> Congratulations! You're going to lose to Theory. But you get to be main event at Speed Bump. <laughs> Our pay-per-view. Ah, uh, <clears throat> that is the premium live event, sir. I need you to fix your vernacular. Speed Bump. <laughs> Welcome to Speed Bump. That sounds great. That's good shit. No. No, what's what's gotten even worse is the fact that like I am so disenchanted by them right now. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even turn on the pay per views half the time. Like I look at the like the whatever's the spoilers or whatever on the internet, and I'm like, Pff. I watched yeah, but some of it. Their, Go ahead. Their last two pay per views have been more wrestling than. Um, Sports entertainment. There is a renewed focus on trying to make their matches more than the storyline. That's true. Only at pay-per-views mm -hmm. that I've yeah. seen. Uh-oh. Y'all keep talking. I'm about to sign up for my official WWE priority WrestleMania. No, post. don't do it, Brian. No. Can we talk you out of it? <laughs> well, I want to know what 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 the package is first and how much. Oh, here we go. It's gonna be Theory versus Gunther. No, it doesn't tell me jack shit. Can I can I can I say that? Yeah, you said it. It's it's done. It's out there in the ether. Oh, it's in the oh, ether. Okay. So, There's a big disclaimer that said. Defam defamatory, harassing, obscene, and racist content is prohibited. <laughs> okay. Wait, what? Please be respectful when participating in the live show by using the call-in feature. You understand that your voice may be recorded and published by the host. He's talking about our call-ins. Okay, gotcha. Senator going, what? What did he say? Wait, who's got call-ins? We do have the ability for for listeners and for interviews to join us the same way that we are logged in here. Mm. Well, if, like if you go through the link like I did, then you're calling. Hence the reason I can't like change my profile and junks. So from what I've seen, and again, we'll, we'll go through and we try to help you soup up your uh, profile there. looks like, Oh no, don't worry. It's all about you. I'm just here. <laughs> Well, I can't change your profile pic, but I can tell you that if you go to podbean.com, log into your account, you'll have the ability to change your picture. You get a picture. You get a picture. I'm going to confuse them all. I'm going to put a picture of you up. That would confuse everyone. Like, wait, who's that? No, who's that? I don't know. Who is that masked man? So the main event of uh, Dynamite just getting back into 
kind of the show from this past Wednesday. Pretty solid. John Moxley defending the interim championship against Brody King. John! You know you got to do that for John Washington from now on. John Washington! <laughs> did you like that? Yeah, yeah, you did well. Did you hear I it? did. It's because I went around the ring earlier and I was talking about all the people that mm-hmm. were there. And then I get backstage. He goes, you didn't mention me, man. <laughs> you mentioned me. Am I not important? Ouch. <laughs> I was like, I was just looking at the banners, man. I'm sorry. So Moxley and Brody King, these guys beat the snot out of each other for a good 15, 20 minutes. This is a great matchup. Um, and Brody King comes out looking like a stud, even more so than he had in the past. Um Mox Mox ends up getting the win with the uh, with the bulldog choke. Interesting because I mean Brody has has only begun his his stretch here in AEW, so I wouldn't mind seeing this again. Hmm. Why? I'd like to see what else they can do. Why under these conditions? Let me ask. Why under these conditions? Yeah, for an interim world title. When you know he's not going to win. I mean, even even knowing or feeling feel like fairly confident that he's not going to win, it's to me, it's one of those situations where the match could still be good. But didn't you just have his oh, argument with Scorpio's guy? Hmm. Wow. Weren't you the one just saying, ah, oh, Scorpio Sky and Wardlow? Wow. Uh, yeah. I guess I see your point there. That's <laughs> <laughs> damn. All right. Well, I'll just go sit in my corner now and uh... <laughs> wait a minute. My call-in feature is being disabled. What? <laughs> Rob, I, I can't hear you anymore. We're sorry. Rob has lost connection. <laughs> I will say on the um. Call-in feature. Uh-huh. Since I've started, I have one, two, three, four, five, six different little notes saying, thanks for listening. If you like this, this show, send, lend your support. Send a gift. <laughs> That's where I like, uh, I honestly like Podbean because they do it very politely. They give you an opportunity, but they just kind of throw that in there. You don't have to do anything. Like, I don't have to click a button for it. And it gives people a chance to, to support us if they'd like, which is cool. I hope there's like a uh, counter for those situations. So we can keep track. Oh, of absolutely. There is um, on the dashboard here. There's engagement. There is. Um, ah, see, it shows up, says pop. Rob Hefner liked the show. Little metal there. And then there's also a spot there that says top gifts. So for anybody that, that contributes to the show, it'll have that. It will have a little listing where we can thank them specifically right here. You got to buy golden beans. Mm-hmm. What's a golden bean? To get the golden bean and I can send like flowers, coffee, little emojis. Mm-hmm. And of course, all the way up Go ahead. to an island. That's right. 5,600 beans. 
as we continue to see things grow and change. Um, Wait, what's today? Today is June 11th, July 11th. Holy crap. A month behind. Today's Monday, July 11th. How how does this this guy already have his pro wrestling crate? Hmm. What? Mother bitches. Hmm. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I ain't gonna lie. If I lived in the area and I worked for Pro Wrestling Tees, I would so take my crate early. I'd be packing that junks, putting it in my book bag. I'm not stealing. I do subscribe. <laughs> hmm. Now they didn't spoil it. Mm, that's not good. At least know what three items are. Mm-hmm. Are they good items at least? Mm, one of them has potential. Okay. All right. Finding the positives where there is none. You know what I mean? You got to do it. So yeah, yeah. while you said that the conditions as far as the interim title wasn't as attractive, what, what I was curious about was what were your thoughts on Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir against Thunderstorm, Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. What did you think about that that tag team match? And what did you, what do you think of Thunderstorm? I think that's for you, Rob. Well, either one. That ain't for me. I could care less about Thunderstorm. <laughs> Damn! Don't hold back, buddy. What do you think? How do you feel? <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. Well, honestly, I, I haven't really watched much of their matches, so I don't know. Well, to my knowledge, this is the first time they've been dubbed Thunderstorm, which mm-hmm. unique name. Um, but it's a thunder. It's kind of cool. I mean, is this Brian? Do you think this is the, the, the opening of maybe a door for women's tag titles? Do you like sometimes do you like you ask yourself the question in your head before you ask it out loud? Why in the world would you put your world your your women's champion anywhere close to a tag team champion? 
You see what I'm saying? Like, why would you even entertain that in a conversation? That's some WWE booking right there. I have none of. Well, that's what they did. I mean, you have a great point, but that's exactly what they did. They paired the the champ and the number one contender together. They gave him a tag team name, and it is so at this point. So, I know, but that's what I'm saying. That's WWE. Yeah. Get that yeah. out of here. Did you think the match itself was any good, though? I mean, it was okay, I guess. Mm. It was okay. Nothing too crazy. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel so. What are your thoughts on the belt now that you've seen it after a while? Uh, which belt? Five minutes. Which belt? The woman's belt, the new one. Uh, I like the new design. I think it looks really nice. Um, it's definitely better than the the initial, as far as being bigger and having more of a a, a presence there. Um, but I I don't know. Maybe they could have just made the actual initial belt with the 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 plates could have just been made a little bit bigger rather than going with the kind of it kind of looks like a, what was that title called at Lucha? Um, the Gift of the Gods title. Yeah. Yeah, like where they put the little medallions in there, and they, once you get all the medallions, you can challenge for the belt. Once you collect them all, you get a That's belt. That's right. <laughs> You've got your six infinity stones. I mean, you got your medallions. Sorry, you didn't get this last one. You don't get the belt. Womp, 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 womp. But yeah. I feel like with um, with that title, they, they wanted to make sure that it was a bigger design is what they were going for. Mm -hmm. I like the design. I like it better than the, the belt they had at first. Right. Um, I mean, I like the, the, the design of... Um, well, I say I... I liked the design of AEW belts because I feel like the new All-Atlantic champion is just a knockoff of the women's title. But Yeah, it felt like it was a really similar design to that. I like the All-Atlantic title, though. So I do like how that's put together. And it's kind of like when the WWE brought out that one design that they have for the, well, every belt they have right now. Oh, yeah. You know? The universal <laughs> title and the WWE world title. and Women's titles yeah. and then the UK title and then the Indian title and then the... The greatest Royal Rumble ever title. Yeah, that will never be defended. <laughs> Braun Strowman retired as, as the uh, only undefeated greatest Royal Rumble champion ever. Yeah. I feel like AEW's big standout matchup this week uh, actually came on Friday where we got Takeshita against Eddie Kingston in just a banger of a match. If you haven't had an opportunity to watch it from Rampage, 
find the time. This matchup was great. It was hard hitting. Uh, Takeshita continues to really, really stand out. I mean, in a, in a big way, similar to how Wheeler Yuta just, just blossomed very quickly in front of us. Um, but Eddie Kingston and him had a great one. And, I mean, Eddie Kingston has uh, supposedly there's hints that that uh, Grand Slam in New York in September, he gets going to have a title shot against whomever's champion at the time. Like a world title yes, shot? Sir. Can we have it Mox and then have him beat Mox? I would like to see that. I would like to see that. Have him win the title, even if it's the interim title, but have him do it. And let's get him and CM Punk in a rematch. You know, when Punk comes back from his foot, let's get him in a rematch. Eddie and Punk in mm-hmm. a rematch? Yeah. I'm down with that. That way, Punk, you know, if, if Punk's going to be undisputed champ, gets it from Kingston. Kingston loses absolutely nothing in that situation. Um, and Punk becomes, you know, one step further up the ladder a little bit. It, it elevates everybody. Rising tide kind of situation. Everybody? Do you think it wouldn't help uh, Punk elevate a little bit? No, I don't think Punk needs help being elevated. Well, maybe not in that sense. I, I get what you mean there. But in the in the sense of helping to cement his reign. Perhaps, or give him a give him a good opponent to come back with. Mm. Punk's one of them rare dudes. You could probably give him a broom, and he could have a decent program with. Yeah. This is Punk is the guy that did the invisible mic promo. And actually had everybody believing he had a microphone in his hand at Ring of Honor. And then proceeded to to troll them for the next 15 minutes after they all bought in. Wait. (laughs) Go to YouTube. Look up CM Punk Invisible Mike. All right. I'm doing this. (laughs) is uh, a minute and 33 seconds. It's actually IWA Mid-South, excuse me, not Ring of Honor. But he cuts a promo with an invisible mic. It's hilarious. Somebody's really sad in the background there. Get that person a hug. Sheesh. Well, they just sang a song, whoever it was. (laughs) It was beautiful. Through the night. Touched my heart. Hmm. Three weeks ago. That's old. Uh, let's see. Ba-ba-ba. I got distracted on YouTube. <laughs> oh, that's a rabbit hole. No matter when, it doesn't matter when you're on YouTube. Whenever it happens, something is going to catch your eye. Mm-hmm. Yep. For example, BTE this week. Um, it was all right, I guess. There's some 
I'll some fun parts. Invisible microphone. <laughs> I want to. I don't want to turn up too loud. <laughs> Should be interesting. Y'all carry on. I'm watching. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I love this promo. So, Rob, um, Killer Cross and Scarlet oh. Boudreaux, they both go on record saying that they thought they were going to be in WWE. They were going to be lifers. What do you say to that, sir? Um, under better management, they would have been. But I also believe Killer Cross and Scarlet Boudreaux would have grown tired of the machine very quickly. Because yeah. um, in NXT, you could have more of that grit, that edge that he wants. Mm -hmm. She could push that, like... You know, because, like, we know that they're only going to let her do as much. They're only going to let her go so far. Right, right. You know, with her sexuality or whatever she's doing. And so um, they would have gotten tired of their limitations and left. So he ain't no lifer. Mm -hmm. Now, he and, he and Scarlett have both stated that they will not be returning to Impact. They've actually turned that down. Uh, they've advised that they're looking to continue working in the indies and then ultimately turning that into into something else. Wow, you don't you don't think there's anything up with that? Uh, I mean, they didn't they weren't happy or confident with the way that they were treated and handled um, during their run the last time in Impact. They did not like how um, how Scott Demore treated them on their exit, and I only know that because of what they said in their interview with Fightful. But basically, they just they, they listed him specifically by name, and did they just stated they just didn't like how things went down with their exit. So clearly, they wanted to exit a certain way, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is, you don't think they don't already have a plan? to go somewhere else i mean my guess is either they're going to going to japan or they're going to aew at least for a short stint or maybe the new ring of honor yeah hey, i don't i don't know how you get a short stint out of them i think you try and lock them up for a mm -hmm. while I mean, surely there can't be that many people that are foolish on it. Because you know, if I need if I need a talent and he's available, I think I'm calling him. With with Ring of Honor coming up on their their next paper in July, um, and there's a lot more conversation going on, a lot more conversation in the works about them getting on television. Who who would you take from the active AEW roster and move over? We already know Samoa Joe, obviously, is a Ring of Honor, at least for now. 
Um, Jay Lethal, same thing. Gresham. Maybe Wheeler Yuta, or does he stay on AEW? Or does he work both? Isn't he, isn't he still the pure? Mm-hmm. He is still the pure champ. Um, so he goes over. Martinez goes over. Uh, I think Colt Cabana probably goes over. Um, FTR until they lose to the Briscoes, probably. Um, like one person on the roster. Fuego del Sol. Mm-hmm. That's who I'm. That's my. I pick. like that pick. That I- he'll be world. Cha- he'll be champ. Ooh. He'll be champ or he'll be world champ. <laughs> I like. He'll be champ in ROH. You, you back that up kind of quick, so let's take a look at. <laughs> well, I mean that. I mean the the thing you gotta um, you gotta try and look at is how how much crossover will there be. Well, I suppose that's up to Warner Media. Uh, well, I mean that's not really Warner. That's Tony. Warner's going to say, you know, I'm sure they got an exec in the back. But if Tony says, "Hey, Young Bucks, I need you to go do a tag match on ROH this week," the Young Bucks go do a tag match. See what I'm yeah. saying? I don't know if Warner's got their hands in that deep mm-hmm. yet. Well, I mean, I feel like they've got a specific agreement for AEW on TBS and TNT. And that could easily, when they re-sign their rights, and I believe that's next year, 2023, that they renegotiate. Um, I mean, I could see them including them in that, in, including Ring of Honor in that mix. I think Ring of Honor gets done well before then. I don't know, like, where or how, but I think you're going to need to get that up and running. Would you put fairly quick? Would you put them like on TBS or TNT? Do you have a a specific spot you'd put them? I don't know. Could are they? Would they technically be competing brands? Well, that's that's a good question. That's why there was in during the media scrums. That's why Tony was basically saying that he was trying his best to work with Warner Media on what they'd allow and what they wouldn't as far as pay per view. And he was grateful. He said it multiple times. He's grateful for them allowing Ring of Honor to be on pay per view and use AEW talents. So it sounds like there's a working mm, agreement in place. And that it, obviously it can only grow. I do wonder what kind of audience, like how big of an audience we'd have with Ring of Honor if they were on larger television. Well, I mean, I, I think you'd probably have probably where they started. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're going to have people that just want to watch wrestling. Right. Hell, put them Saturday nights at 6.05. Okay. 
Oh, put them on Tuesday night at eight o'clock. There you go. Let's let's have Ring of Honor and NXT go head to head. Why not? Well, I think they. I think Nick Khan could just make you know Ring of Honor his NXT. You know. You mean Tony? Tony Khan. No. Nick is the other other the con. other con. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I see him doing. He's got he's got Ring of Honor. It's established, and yep. he can um he can test things out. It's like a test market, not on the grand stage, but and then move them up. There's definitely a lot of room there. I mean, Ring of Honor had has a core group, a core fan fan base that will follow along. AEW, of course, will tune in for that, I think. Um, I don't know that I'd make a predictions per se as far as what the viewership would look like, but I think there's an audience for it. Uh, one thing that AEW has proven very, very well is that there's a big enough piece of the market that uh, it's not just AEW that has to eat into it. I mean, you could go back to uh, Jacksonville mm-hmm. and run it out of dailies, and I'm sure you'd get enough uh, interest to fill the arena. Absolutely. Maybe not at first, mm-hmm. but, you know, six months, a year down the line, you're liable to have a packed house. I think that's a smart way to do it. If you go into dailies, uh, the production cost of that is significantly less. You get an opportunity to really mm-hmm. focus on audience growth and, and character development the way you want to do it. And you get a chance to really see Ring of Honor blossom. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it's just smart. but Because mm-hmm. I mean, there's really no point in making them a traveling show other than outside of pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just see what happens. Hello. Very nice. Very nice. I'm here. I'm listening to you, man. I, I didn't know if you were done or not. Oh my lord. Yes, you called? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Chris Jericho on a uh, recent podcast, the jo- the Gordy podcast, advised that uh, back in 2016 he was ready to bite Brock Lesnar's nose off. What? <laughs> this is of course 2016 is where Brock Lesnar basically throws elbows into Randy Orton just battering his head, busting him open the hard way. Jericho, of course, the story took offense to it, thought it was an unprofessional thing to do. Um, confronted Brock backstage where Brock basically laid into him and he said he was going to bite his effing nose off. That just seems weird to me. Yeah. I feel like Brock would probably handle Chris Jericho. 
Well, that's why he had to bite his nose <laughs> off. That's the Saigon horn that bit my nose off. I mean, it might be the only way you can get him. I mean, you'd have to either punch him in the throat or, you know what I mean? Like, literally just blind him with hairspray, something. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if blinding no, him would work. Sick. If he gets a hold of you, <laughs> you just got to make sure he doesn't get a hold of you. Oh, throw the ref at him. Oof. <laughs> Here, catch. Oh, no. <laughs> the referee is dead. <laughs> Put somebody in in, in his way. Mm-hmm. Then he can't grab you. So, uh, with everything that we've seen happening in, in the industry today, with all of these different things happening with AEW, um, they've only done five or six matches per Dynamite here recently. Are we at a point now where they're going to need to just stay the course still or is there a need for them to increase and go back up to more of a 10 match card um why would we need to go i mean it all depends on your week i Mm -hmm. guess I mean, they still put on more wrestling than talk. That's the main thing for them. Yeah, and that hasn't changed. Uh, the wrestling content within AEW still, I think, is uh, outdoing WWE in spades. Like, it's it's a pretty huge margin. Well, WWE averages like 30 minutes for every, every three mm-hmm. hours or something. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty damn low number. That's very true. Three hour programming, twenty minutes. Well, pretty much. Blood and Guts had four matches on that entire show. The the Blood and Guts edition of Dynamite two weeks ago. Blood and Guts was basically the second hour. Yeah, but that's fine though because it was it's a specialty <laughs> match. It's not like that was. You know, that they did other stuff. That was all they did. Yeah. The hour. So. What are your thoughts? Well, I think you, I think you have a good point as far as how, how it's structured. It's really about what's happening main event wise. Like you said, like with. Blood and guts. That's a especially matchup. It's it's going to take probably forty five minutes to an hour for that to really play out the way you want. Um, so it is difficult to really add add more matches to that situation because you figure three matches an hour, maybe even four. That's a really tight time schedule to have to stick to, especially with commercials and maybe any promos that you had planned. Um, but at the start of Dynamite and then all the way really leading up to maybe a few weeks ago, they were usually doing about eight to ten matches. So, I mean, there's certainly been a a refocus. Uh, I don't know if, if I would say 
too differently off of what you said. It's really based off the situation and what they're going to need. But I mean, how do you how do you know it's a refocus? Maybe they just didn't cram ten matches in because they didn't have ten matches they want to push this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, what happens next week if they decide, well, let's go back up to nine matches? Mm-hmm. I mean, AEW fluctuates all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not gloom and doom them quite yet. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't even dare to try to do that. That wasn't my goal. Well, no, I mean, like, oh, well, now they're down to four matches for two hours. Oh, oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. The world's going to fall apart. No, no. Calm down. Relax. Breathe. Um, the evil that is the WWE. Leave your mind. Woosa. Woosa. Did Alexa Bliss get a new uh, and that was the first one I was like- song? Yeah, they they got rid of her her original, and now it's uh, "Shut Up and Fight." I think is what it's called. Mm. And honestly, you know what it sounds like. I don't know if you remember Sonya Deville's initial song, but that's what it sounds like to me. Mm. It feels like they're just recycling. <laughs> funny wouldn't be the first time that they've recycled a theme i mean the patriot kurt angle i want to say uh mark henry all used the same theme at one point or another who uh kurt angle the patriot and uh mark henry all used the same theme at one point or another that's crazy i never knew that mark henry when he wrestled at king of the ring when he took on jerry lawler uh, the Patriot, of course, in 97. And then Kurt Angle ultimately gets the theme that we know now as Kurt Angle's theme. Um, but yeah, it's wild because, you know, the original was very much generic. Uh, and then the Patriot kind of has a little bit more oomph to it. They kind of remaster it. And then, of course, we get the You Suck Kurt Angle theme now, so. I had no idea. We learned something new. Amazing what you can forget. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so much has happened over the course of time. They are really stretching this celebration with Bliss and uh, and Asuka here. Jeez. Yes, for no reason, because now they're in a, hey, this is what happened at Money in the Bank. What happened to Money in the Bank? Uh, the Usos and the Street Profits. Uh, the conspiracy, the controversy from the ending as uh, Montez Ford's arm or shoulder was up when they uh, got the three count and walked away as champion. It's odd how many controversial finishes have been happening, happening lately. But you can only go off what the referee sees and what they do. True that, true that. 
true that. So, what's that? Nothing. <laughs> You're getting this. Are you, just, are you watching Raw? Is that good? I mean, it's it's on, but no, I'm not really watching it. I'm. I'm uh, is it Alexa Bliss? I mean, yes, but that's not my point. Is she distracting. Usually, <laughs> I I can neither confirm nor deny. Wait, I just confirmed. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much just confirmed. confirmed. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> Uh, see here. So, um, out of curiosity, because I, I wasn't on the the ride home with you guys on Saturday, what was your favorite match from uh, from UCW this weekend? The triple threat. Triple threat. Okay. It was between the triple threat and the main event. Yeah. Red Scorpion and Ethan Cross. Um, that's kind of a, a, to me, a rivalry that could go on forever. These guys just have great chemistry together, so they really played it off really nicely. Um, but the triple threat, like, whew. they it was a great mix of uh, of of three different types of talents and three different types of skill sets. With Anthony Athens, with Sicken, and with Shane Malice. I mean, it was it was damn impressive from both both points. So good call. You know the question that I have to ask you guys. I have to ask both of you. Who, who is the UCW champion? I'm even confused. I was, and I was standing right there. Is it a trick question? I mean, it's Red Scorpion, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not the only one that thinks that, right? But I saw the three count. I mean, were, what were his shoulders down? I saw the three count, and the title don't change hands on a DQ. That's true. The title does not change hands on a DQ. I mean, it wasn't uh, the ultimate collision. So the, that that is a completely separate entity by itself. So I don't know, Brian. Is it really a trick question? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're asking. I don't, I don't know, man. Because the DQ didn't happen till after the pinfall. Mm-hmm. So then the DQ wouldn't count for the pinfall. It would count for the restarted pinfall. Right, right. So, is it Mad Max or is it the Red Scorpion? Put it to you this way. Mad Max Morrison posts two pictures on Facebook after the show, both of them with the uh, the UCW Heavyweight Championship. Catch is that this is the, the former UCW Heavyweight Championship. We have a new UCW title, the new belt, new championship title. And the Red Scorpion defeated Ethan Cross for that title. So it's quite the quandary, quite the question, because they're both they're both celebrating as champ. I mean, obviously, obviously, it's something that's going to have to be decided in the future because 
Because like, you have to ask the question, who has the belt? Mm-hmm. Who has the belt right now? Like physical property of the belt. Red Scorpion has the new belt. But then Mad Max got his hands on the old belt. That's right. So do both have a claim to the title? I mean, are we looking at a... Is there a dispute as to who the champion truly is? That That's a trick question because that, that answer is obvious, but... I mean, I think that is a question for Mr. DeVore, obviously. And in the coming days and weeks, we're going to have to figure that out because going forward, you need one champ. You can't have two champs. That's right. You can't have two different guys in two different areas claiming, hey, I'm the champion of of UCW. I'm the ultimate heavyweight champion. I mean, one's one's high dining and the other one is – getting the short end so we'll figure it out but did you see that north american title that is that that was a gorgeous title it's heavy it is very heavy <laughs> i was really surprised by the weight of it um but i guess i guess with a, a big heavy title like that you're gonna need a guy like anthony athens to carry it around i'll tell you what i'm curious about from that situation I'm curious about what Jason Raditz will have to say when he gets back from injury. We hope he recovers soon. We know it was an eye injury of some sort. But uh, what happens when Raditz gets back? How is he going to feel about this situation? I mean, maybe he doesn't feel at all. He's Somebody's going to tell him about the situation for him to even know about it. That's you. And I'm not a, a good point. Does he know yet? Wow, very good question. Does Jason Raditz know that there's a a new championship? That did it replace it? Yeah, it replaced it. The North American Championship replaced the television title. So here we are. There's a lot of questions coming out of uh, coming out of resurgence. What's next for the Static Age? What's next for Mr. Salazar, who seems to really, really have a plan in place, and we're only seeing the beginning. Um, by the way, how good was Mr. Salazar in front of the crowd? He was good. He was good. And that's like, there's obviously more to that because the real-life freaks, you know, had their issue. But then when Mad Max was on the mountaintop, they let him know that, you know what? We haven't forgot about you. Mm -hmm. So we shall see. It was a good time, though. Fun, 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 fun. Mm -hmm. Did you guys get a chance to see any of the the, uh, trainees as far as the, the tryouts? A couple, not many. How'd they do? I thought they did well. The ones I saw. It was their first day. Mm -hmm. So these were brand new, brand new folks, people that uh, were looking to train. 
Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. But it's going to be... I mean, the, the thing you got to look at as is we had a great turnout in Strasbourg. The fact that there are people willing and wanting to be the future of UCW. Right. You know, these people, their first tryout, I didn't see a single one of them say, you know what, F it, I'm done. They stayed in it. They did it. They listened. And some of them were the last ones to leave the building that night. So... UCW's got an exciting future ahead of them. They've got a deep top. The roster's getting deeper and deeper as the day goes on. Because everybody's going to want to jump on this train. Just like everybody wanted to jump on AEW bandwagon when it started coming out. You wait. Everybody's going to want to jump on UCW. I mean, it's, it's one of those situations where there is a very bright future ahead for for what what could be there's a lot of possibilities a lot of options and a lot of a lot of reasons for us to really look at uh what's next and and what's to come i mean i'm i'm still like i said kind of on that that after show buzz where i'm actually <laughs> kind of wiped out still um i know you guys are probably still feeling it mm, yeah I was kind of chill. Because when somebody texted, hey, I'm home, the rest of us were still there. <laughs> you guys were still there when Too I got soon. home? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Well. Too soon? <laughs> not hurting my feelings. I, I didn't know. <laughs> it's all good, man. And the pizza was good. I can say that. The pizza was good. Big slices. Big slices from Al Forno's. Um, yeah, so that was fun. Good pizza, good friends, good time. Some people in the crowd, I thought, when we first went out and they started, they were lippy from the beginning, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, th- there was a lot of uh, a lot of excitement from from a lot of the fans in attendance. I thought that was really cool. The energy level was great. Yeah. Yep. Got my eye on a poster at a local shop there that I'm the guy, the owner, and I talked about it, and we're gonna make a, I'm gonna research it and try to come up with a fair price. So, and totally off the topic, yeah. I'm watching an episode of Storage Wars. Okay. And dude, has the auctioneer dude gotten big? Is that the one that when he bids, he goes, yep? Well, like there's the auctioneer guy who's like, pay the lady, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the guy and the girl. And the dude, like, he's like two times as big as he was last time I watched him. I'm like, holy moly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not any smaller than I used to be, but, you know. Again, totally off subject. Sorry. 
Mm. But yeah. My only critique was I wish the building had air conditioning. But yeah. Yeah, that would have been it. Nice. Not even still. I mean, again, it was one of those situations where yeah, it was definitely it was definitely hot and sweaty and all that, but there was a lot to do. Um a lot of a lot of things to get accomplished. So yeah. But it definitely felt like a good step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun. We'll see what happens. Going forward. Because mm-hmm. that's the only direction we can go. So with uh with everything that's been happening over the week, over the weekend, anything else, you guys, that stands out to you that you want to talk about? Not me. All right. I think Stan learned the lesson he never turns his back on the wild one. <laughs> yeah. The unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. I got, got blindsided. I mean, hey. When you don't see it coming, I mean, what are you supposed to do? And the and the thing that I felt a little bad about was as I was walking around and I turned around and saw Stan grabbing in that arm that was around his neck and he was going down to the ground. It never occurred to me to go over and help him. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I noticed that too. There was no rush of anyone to help. There was no, hey, Stan, are you okay? No, no, no. Just a, a very faint shout from my wife in the corner. What the hell? That's the last thing I remember. The next thing I knew, I was counting lights. Well, the only thing she was like was, I need his wallet and I can't roll him over to right, get it. Right, right. I was too heavy to move. and I don't know. Somebody must have just dumped some sweat out on my face or something and woke me up. It was, it was not a fun feeling. There's some more hearts. But yeah, I mean, I think... I think it was the heat. It had nothing to do with the person around your throat. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was one of those moments. I just wasn't expecting it, you know. I mean, hey, it was uh, it was uncomfortable, but it happened. We'll survive. I guarantee it won't happen again. That's what I tell you. I guarantee that. Anybody choking me out again? Oh, that sounds like a challenge. No, no, it's not a challenge. That's not, don't, don't don't turn it into anything. It's not just. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. You said that on a recorded line. <laughs> it's sir. not going to happen twice. Eh, all right. What's that? I'll let her know. There's no need for all of that. Let's not twist it up. I mean, oh no, you got you got good good talk when you're behind the screen. I'm just saying, you know, hey, key keyboard comrade. Oh. Resorting to name calling now. Jeez. You podcasting pirate. Uh not a not a pirate. You're you're a pirate. Podcasting proprietor of propaganda. Wow. That uh try saying that five times fast. 
<laughs> well, there's not exactly a ton of stuff in the news from this past week outside of that. Um, obviously, as we continue to move forward, we'll be covering things. I know that uh, the release date will be announced soon for AEW's Fight Forever for their console game. Uh, Kenny Omega did confirm that they'll be announcing that, providing a full trailer and release date soon. Uh, they did not give a date on that yet. But Stan, how was your feelings on the show? Uh, a lot of new tasks that I was doing, so it was interesting. So from normally, um, when we're there, we're either doing you know, doing commentary or doing camera or whatever it took, you know, all things aside, Brian and, and, you know, Katrina did a tremendous job with, with getting that done. So that was great. Um, running kind of in backstage and, and working with individual talents to organize and, and to kind of get a feel for, Hey, when you're, going in for for this part or when you're going in for this this moment on the mic you know this is the focus this is the bullet point that was exciting and it was a lot of fun but it was also very um i was very nervous about that um i wasn't sure how that would be received and i was very grateful that it was received nicely and politely um even if maybe they <laughs> rolled their eyes when i left the room i don't know but it was kind of neat um you can ask Brian. I was I was stuttering all over myself at the beginning, trying to make things clear. There's a few things I'm gonna obviously need to improve on, um, especially when it comes to time, uh, making sure that everybody knows what their times are. I, I did miss that, um, but that was that was a lot of fun going through that. Um, I look forward to to doing that again. I think that was uh, that's a. That's a lot of running back and forth, kind of keeping an eye out on what's happening in the ring and then getting ready to, you know, kind of work with whoever's next. Hey, make sure you're ready for X, Y, and Z. That was really cool. Kind of working with sound, you know, working on cues. I've never done any of that before. So that was a lot of learning on the fly, but I don't know. I don't know that there's a way that like you, you practice that you just kind of do it. But that I really enjoyed. I think the the stuff that really was cool, and honestly, I, I don't know that I did anything specific. I feel like a lot of people could have done what I did. I mean, I, I was grateful to have the opportunity to do what I was doing, but... Um, it was really about what everybody else was doing. I, I feel like I was just kind of a bit player. I, I, I almost felt like I could have, I should have done more. Mm. Every time I saw you, you were just standing there. Ouch. <laughs> just kidding. Well, where is there? Cause that there is a very relative term <laughs> standing in a lot of different places at different points and times. Um, you know, the, the only, I think the only thing that, that I ran into, and this is just more from a, a personal standpoint is with having, you know, having my kids there, it put us in a situation where we ended up leaving 
uh, a little sooner than we maybe we should have because it would have been cooler to, to help finish up with tear down and do a little bit more. I didn't really feel like I did a lot there. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it was a, a tremendous learning experience. A lot of things that happened there was just, like I said, it was fun. It was a little nerve wracking, but it was in a good way, a, a positive kind of thing. So I, I look forward to the next one in October. And, you know, uh, like I said, th- there's a lot of things I want to do more of, and then there's some things I want to kind of tweak and, and turn around into different things. Like, like I mentioned the times that's, super difficult because you need to be able to convey that in a way that is quick and concise, but also, I don't know, maybe I could have, uh, gone back with each, each, uh, each match and said, Hey, are we good on times? Everybody kind of know what they're doing. That's something I didn't do. So I, I would think I could do that. Um, but I really liked the, the difference in viewpoint. That was really cool. This is my question. Never mind. I'll ask it off here. Okay. Okay. I'm just wondering how in the future is that going to play? Like all the different roles, how's that going to play into commentary? You know what I mean? So I don't know. Um, Leading into this show, I was – I was under the impression that up until maybe about a week ago, maybe a week or two, um, that we that uh, that there'd be a different camera crew there, and that we would really just be getting everything going, and then probably sitting down and doing commentary there. Um, that kind of shifted. We had a few things that happened outside of completely outside of that, um, and you know being asked, Hey, do you want to try this? Do you want to try that? That was kind of how that came about. If, if the powers that be are, were happy with my performance on that, then I guess I do that again. Um, but I don't know. I could probably do it beforehand, but if we're going to be recording like on site, if we're doing commentary live, then I, if I had a preference, I'd prefer to do commentary. Although it, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about that. That's that's the first time I've been asked that question. I, I don't know. I I am curious as to the feedback, both positive and negative, for how that went to see if this is something that I could do again. Um, but I, like I said before, it was a very uh, eye-opening perspective because, for example, we are talking to – you know, we're, what we're talking about, folks, is, is kind of like the the behind the scenes kind of stuff. And without playing too hard to the inside of it, there's a specific matchup where we went over, you know, certain pieces and both participants were coming back with not necessarily like objections, but what if we said or what if we did? How about if we turned this? And there was so much experience in the room that... Um, when you first start, when we first started, it was very much, uh, you know, keep your mouth shut, your ears open and your eyes open. You know what I mean? And then when we continue to move forward, you know, I, I, I can remember having conversations with you guys and then having conversations with, with, uh, Mr. DeVore 
and and with Diego about what options would be and what I could learn and being able to help organize and structure how something could look and how it could pan out was kind of intimidating because these guys are, are doing it in the ring and putting their lives out there and putting their well-being in each other's hands. And here's this guy that's never bumped once trying to tell them, Hey, this is what we envision. Hey, this is what we're thinking. Um, so I was very grateful that they were like accepting of that. But at the same time, it was very cool to hear the what if. So what if we did this? Kind of like when we brainstorm, like when we're talking about, like when Brian says, well, what was the circumstance around that main event that you would want to see again? You know, hearing that in a response was like, oh yeah, you're right. Because, you know, we already kind of know the direction that could head. So the, from a learning perspective, it was awesome. You know, being able to learn from all of these people that are in the room and, and like Max is, is talking to me at one point and Red Scorpion at another point and not, not necessarily objecting, but saying, Hey, with what you said, if we did, you know, it was just cool to see that part and to hear it and to go, wow. Yeah. That putting puzzle pieces together is really the best way I can describe it again, without going too far. And I feel like I've just word vomited everywhere. Um, but without going too far into the, what? right. Without all the details, it's just a matter of, uh, the learning experience is really what I would say. Somebody's playing your music out. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that the cue? Is there is there the hook? <laughs> like like as you were talking, the music got louder and loud. It's like the Oscars. <laughs> Time to be quiet. I want to thank that guy outside, the person that helped me with my car. Uh, yeah, that's my very very long winded take on that. And I will say this, something I liked watching um, was how Brian was down involved with, like, we got there and we were there and we were helping out. And as the people were doing their training and as one one wrestler was kind of going over the, the things, what he wanted to do, Brian was also there kind of helping them and kind of talking to them and stuff. So it was, it was neat to see that side. You know, because Brian had done it in the past. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, um, it was, it was, to me, it was really neat to be involved in all aspects. Yeah. From the getting there to the helping kind of come up with this or that and kind of problem sh troubleshoot the problems that had come up and then to be given the the um, chance, you know, with this resurgence of UCW, eh, play on words, mm -hmm. get it? Right. Um, with the resurgence of UCW, for them to like, the powers that be to look at me and say, hey, can you do this for me? Was like, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was just really fun to be involved. And then at the end, as like, you know, as Brian and I were helping with everything else and moving things and doing this and that, just again, seeing a nut yet another level 
I mean, we've helped tear down before. We've helped move stuff before, but, you know, it was kind of just a, it had a different feel. And I don't know if Brian can build on that or if he felt the same thing. Just uh, to me, it just felt different. No, I mean, I normally help tear down the ring while everybody else is doing whatever. So don't feel no different to me. Hey, in all part of what I do. In all seriousness, Brian, if if I did not have you there, I would not have been able to do anything with that talent meeting. And I have no problem saying that for anyone to hear because you were a huge part of that. Nah. Well, listen, with uh, with Podbean, they allow us up to 120 minutes for our live sessions, which is perfect for us. However, we did start a little early, so we are going to be concluding here. we got about uh, 45 seconds. Um, of course, you can catch up with the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter, c2cradioshow.com for all of our pictures and news and comment join the 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 news and Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 